Welcome into the End of Money podcast for Breeders' Cup Friday, Future Stars Friday at Keeneland. Friday, November 4th, Tom Leach along with Jim Goodman, Keeneland's Director of Wagering Development. And uh, Jim, we'll get into the races in a second, but I was out there uh, covering the workouts this week and just thinking, you know, you guys had uh, a run at this in 2015, did a great job, but I'm sure you learned a lot. And then in 2020, it was, you know, an abnormal year. So now you've got a year, a couple of times of doing it under your belts as, as you know, collectively as Keeneland. And just uh, the fields are fantastic and uh, great betting challenges. And just going to be, and the weather's going to cooperate. It's going to be a wonderful weekend. Well, I hope so. We've worked hard for it. We, need, we deserve a, lot, a, lot, uh, a wonderful weekend. Um, yeah, and, and the undercard races. Uh, if you look at those, they're, uh, yeah. the Messier comes back to the races. And, I mean, it's like a, a fall star Saturday for the undercard races, even though they're not grade one. So you've got a lot of wagering opportunities these two days at Keeneland. If you can't find something you like, everybody's <laughs> saying flight line's not bettable because he's going to be two to five. Well, put him in pick threes. Yeah. You know, put him in the pick four. Put him in the pick five. Uh, you know, and then there's a lot of opportunities. And if you think of favor favorite is vulnerable, obviously, uh, you can get rich, and I hope people get rich this weekend. All right. Well, let's jump in, try to help them out a little bit. We're going to go through all of the Friday Breeders' Cup races and then give you a late pick four ticket. So the first Breeders' Cup race is the Juvenile Turf Sprint. That's his sixth race. Pick four will start in the seventh, but the sixth race starts a pick five plus a $3 all-turf pick three, which you can have some fun with. So, Jim, let's uh, jump in. Five and a half furlongs, Juvenile Turf Sprint. Uh, who do you like in here? Well, the obvious pick for me is Love Reigns. Wesley Ward, obviously, is home court advantage. Uh, this filly broke her maiden at Keeneland by nine and three quarters. They took her over to Ascot. Uh, she got beat by Dramatized, which is also in the race, and I'm also going to use Dramatized. But then comes back uh, in the Bolton's Landing at Saratoga at five and a half and wins for fun, basically. Uh, this filly obviously has had a few issues getting to the races. But she ran on August 21st, and she ran fresh that day, and she and she fired it. I just think Wesley on this track is hard to beat. Going to use Private Creed for Steve. <coughs> excuse me, Steve Asmussen uh, won the Indian Supper, Summer here on October 9th, won her way into this race, and uh, she's got a two race win streak. She's getting better. Rosario takes them out back after she also won at Kentucky Downs. Her numbers are a little light, but. Uh, I think she's moving in the right direction. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, the Colt. I love Reigns is Philly, obviously, but Private Creek is the Colt and moving in the right direction uh, as well. Dramatized for uh, Carl Burke and Ryan Moore coming off a, uh, a win at the Queen Mary where he beat uh, Love Reigns, but then came back in a great two stakes at York. Did not run quite as well, even money favorite, but obviously shipping over here, they, they mean business with this horse. Tyler's tribe is interesting to me, uh, and just from a sympathy standpoint and a, and a great story standpoint, I would have to put this horse in a pick three or pick four, pick five, uh, and it starts the late pick five. Tyler's tribe is a great story named after a, a little boy who's overcome cancer, and this horse was $5,000 sire fee and was bought for $34,000 in five straight races at Prairie Meadows. Is one over three hundred thousand dollars. There's going to be a whole lot of people pulling for Tyler's Tribe when uh, he comes down the stretch in this race. So, Platinum Queen on the outside for uh, Richard Fay. Going to be one morning at seven to two off that win at Longchamp. So, I think you can spread this race uh, wide open. If uh, you made me pick one, it would be Love Reigns for Wesley Ward. I was on Love Reigns to when I kind of started the handicapping, and I ended up going to Speedboat Beach. Uh, Baffert doesn't have a lot of turf horses that uh, he 
uh, fires at these big spots. But uh, this one just is, is raw speed, although last time uh, he did sit off just barely uh, and, and won. So I think that could be a valuable commodity here from the outside if he doesn't have to be on the lead to just sit back just a little bit. There looks like a lot of speed in here. Um, so I think Love Reigns is certainly the one to beat. But uh, just the fact that, you know, Pratt is riding, who, you know, Baffert gets a, a great turf jock. And I just kind of have a, a hunch that uh, they uh, found, a, found one they could pick off a Breeders' Cup win with here. But uh, I'm going to take those two. Oxymore is a horse that a private purchase for a Chad Brown client after the debut win. And I saw the race at Saratoga. and was just ultra impressed. Speed number wasn't anything great, but just the way this horse did it. And then they brought him back at a mile at Monmouth, and uh, he ran second. But I don't think anything about that. This is a turf sprint, so forget about the mile race. And uh, I just think this one is going to run well. And uh, coming from off the pace, that could be the ticket here as well. Dramatized and Persian force. Uh, I like uh, European horses to... Uh, close and hit the board, but not necessarily win. But, you know, dramatize, you get Ryan Moore. Uh, Persian Force, you get Tory, And if you want to go Mischief Magic, you get William Buick. So there's three European horses favorably drawn. They'd get three of the top riders in the world. And I'm going to fade the Platinum Queen with that uh, drawing the 12-hole and having speed, and there's a lot of speed in the race, and I do not like her chances at all in here. The uh, seventh race is the BC Juvenile Phillies. Mile and a 16th on the main track. Obviously, these are all great ones. And uh, I ended up on Atomically. It was uh, a private purchase by the Eclipse Thoroughbred Group after this horse uh, had a blowout win on October 1st. Now, the buyer, an 83, is very competitive here. But went back and watched the race, and they sent this horse to Pletcher. Went back and watched the race. Horse was, you know, six, seven wide around the first turn, wide all the way down the back stretch. Ran probably a mile and an eighth and uh, won authoritatively. And then they, um, they sell the horse, send him to Pletcher, has a couple of good works at Keeneland. Uh, I watched the gallop out. This horse increased uh, her advantage on the gallop out. So I liked uh, the look of this horse atomically. Chop Chop was who... I went into the analysis thinking I was going to bet. I loved Chop Chop in the Darley Alcibiades. She got a bad break and then uh, wove through the whole field and just missed on a head bob uh, from winning the Alcibiades. And I think she is definitely the one to beat. Um, I think actually one of those two wins it. Uh, Wonder Wheel won the Alcibiades. I think the Alcibiades was a strong race. I've got Wonder Wheel next. And then Raging Sea, who was also in the – the, uh, up near the, the lead group there at the wire in the Alcibiades, and uh, she just got a horrible post from 14, but it's, I think Pratt does a good job at working out trips, and she'll be coming from off of it, so uh, she might be able to work out a trip and hit the board anyway, but I think uh, coin flip for me between Atomically and Chop Chop, I'll take Atomically with a bigger price. How about you? I did not use Atomically, uh, and Luis Saez cost me a lot of money in the Kingman meet, so I probably should take another look. I went with... Um, it was Chop Chop for seven on top. I was very impressed. I don't like to bet a horse that has never done what they're trying to do. And that was the case in the Alcibiades. And this filly um, had only run on turf at Kentucky Downs at Ellis Park. And I did not bet her that day, and she almost beat Wonder Wheel. Um, and, and I thought probably it was the most impressive in that race. Um, I'm going to take her over Wonder Wheel here. Raging Sea was also in the race and was just barely behind those two. So that's, I'm thinking that's a key race. It was Alcibiades over the track. Uh, Raging Sea gets Flavian Pratt, uh, the 
the jockey that rode her in her original race at, at uh, Saratoga. Um, the race over the track helps race. You can see Chop Chop uh, and uh, Wonder Wheel. Also going to use Chocolate Gelato for Todd Fletcher. So he's got the best buyer on the page with 92 at Saratoga at six furlongs uh, and stretched out the present last out and won that race over You're My Girl and Leave No Trace. And then and Tell Me No Lies with Peter Miller. I saw Peter Miller at dinner last night at Jeff Ruby's, and I didn't ask him about And Tell Me No Lies, but he always gets them ready. And this filly uh, won the chandelier at, at, um, Del Mar, at Santa Anita after three wins at Del Mar. So And Tell Me No Lies, I think, at 8-1 to one is a really good price in here. That's probably as far as I'm going to go. Uh, the pick is Chop Chop, so I almost agree with you. The British Cup Juvenile Phillies turf is next. The uh, turf races for the boys and the girls both at one mile. And here, Jim, I did not have a, a strong opinion in this spot. Where did you land? Well, I landed on a single. And, I, and I really, I really, I didn't like any of the U.S. horses. And I've talked to some people that, that say Aiden O'Brien's horses look absolutely wonderful here. And I think Meditate has raced against a whole lot better company than anybody else in this race. And I don't usually like to discount the U.S. horses, but, you know, Free Look couldn't win the Miss Grio at Aqueduct, lost to Pleasant Passage, and Be Your Best in the same race. Those three finished together. But I don't think they're anywhere close to what Meditate's run against. So she has run uh, second twice in Group 1s overseas. Uh, New Market, the Curra, uh, O'Brien brings her over here, and Ryan Moore takes them out. And I had to take a stand somewhere. I didn't want to take a stand the next two legs. So I'm going to take a stand right here with the Euros and uh, hope that I'm right. Um, the other, you know, the horses I mentioned that came out of the Miss Grio, last call that comes out of Natalma at Woodbine with, gets Frankie Dettori for Kevin Attard. And, uh, you know, you can go a lot of different directions in this race, but I really was not impressed by any of the other fillies in here. And when I look at Meditate, I look at what she's run against, I'm going to take her on top. I had Meditate uh, third. I, I, there were a couple of the U.S. horses that uh, I, I liked that I took first and second. On top, I've got G. Laurie for Graham Motion. This horse had uh, tons of trouble in the Natalma, the grade one up at Woodbine, which has historically been a, a pretty good prep for this race. And uh, she was just down along the inside, in a box, could not get out. They add blinkers, and Motion put four or five, long, five furlong works into her and gets William Buick to ride, one of the top jocks in the world. And finally the kicker, a horse by Oscar Performance, who's a hot young sire, and he's by Kitten's Joy, whose offspring love the Keeneland turf. So I took G. Laurie. Uh, Kijera I liked. Uh, I thought she ran pretty decently in the Alcibiades on dirt, but I think she's better on turf. I went back and watched the turf win up at Saratoga, and she was really impressive the way she spurted away from the field uh, when the jock uh, chirped to her, just a real quick acceleration, which I always like in turf horses. Uh, so I think uh, she comes back and runs a better race, even though she, she ran uh, pretty well in the Alcibiades. So I like those two with Meditate and yeah, the, the horses out of New York, Free Look and Pleasant Passage and Be Your Best, you know, they all kind of look the same. As, you know, they all hit the wire together um, in the Miss Grio. So I, I tend to kind of fade them a little bit. Uh, I was listening to uh, 
interview somewhere this week with somebody who knows the uh, covers the European scene that was talking up Spirit Gal a little bit. So that's one you could consider throwing in. But I think uh, G. Laurie, Kijera, and Meditate might be a nice three-horse exacta box for me in here. The uh, ninth race is the FanDuel BC Juvenile, presented by Thoroughbred Aftercare, mile and a 16th. I can't see a good reason to go against Cave Rock, the big favorite in here, at a 104 buyer in his two-turn debut. Um, so I think that one is the win pick. If there's somebody that beats him, I think it's a horse at a little bit of a price, Verifying, who uh, is 10-1 to on the morning line. This horse was uh, ran on Travers Days um, in uh, Maiden Race, so you know those you know maidens on those big days are well meant. Brad Cox Barn came back in the Grade One Champagne, but was down along the inside. I think that was the worst part of the track, and that's where this horse was the whole time. And he got an 85 in his debut win. Uh, should pedigree to like two turns. Uh, I I suspect they're really high on this horse. And if anybody beats Cave Rock, I think it's verifying. And if you can get somewhere close to 10 to 1, that could be a nice exacta box. Uh, National Treasure, I could use. Uh, the other Baffert uh, really improved in his second start and first time around two turns. Forte was very impressive, winning at Keeneland uh, in the Claiborne Breeders Futurity. But um, had to dig pretty deep there. So, you know, we'll see if, uh, you know, how much it took out of that horse. Might want to take a look at that one because I remember – uh, getting a text from you on, on uh, Fall Stars Weekend about how good Forte looked in the paddock, and he ran to those looks. Uh, and then Blazing Sevens did beat Verifying last time. was very impressive doing it. I, just, I wonder if maybe the, you know, the slop and being out in the best part of the track might have helped him a little bit there. So Cave Rock over Verifying for me in the juvenile. How about you? Cave Rock is the most obvious winner, and he, he certainly is going to be the shortest price on a Friday card. I think that the horses that have a race over the track here at Kingland have an advantage in, in most races. And Forte won the Breeders' Security here. And I did text you when I saw Forte at 17 minutes to post. And I told you he was the most impressive two-year-old I've seen in a long time. He looks like a three-year-old. He's just filled out beautifully, muscular. And he did have to dig deep to beat Loggins that day. But he did beat him. And I thought Loggins was going to come back and win. But Forte dug down. And I think he got a lot out of that race. He's moved forward. He, he matched his 92 buyer they got in the hopeful. Uh, Irad takes him back. He knows the track. He knows the routine around here. And I'm, I'm going to take him on top. I'm going to box him with K-Rock and the Exacta. And I'm also going to give Blazing Sevens a shot. I think that champagne was extremely impressive. And I do not want Flavia and Pratt to beat me in this race. So I'm going to go three deep. Uh, I would be shocked. If anybody else won, I don't think it sets up for Curly Jack. He came from way out of it to win the Iroquois. I think National Treasure on the outside has proven that he's not as good as Cave Rock, uh, although Baffert would not shock me to get his other horse in. So I think it's Cave Rock and Forte, um, and I'm hoping that Forte's uh, track trip over the track helps him because you're going to get at least 7-2 on Forte, and Cave Rock might be 3-5. to five. And Blazing Sevens is my sneaky shot at getting into the exacta or possibly getting on top i should mention too there are some two-day bets including uh one with the, the juvenile i believe so you can check the uh keenan select site and uh and look for those too if you want to play some of those two-day bets uh, on the two days of breeders cup racing our final race on future stars friday jim is the juvenile turf mile on the turf for the boys here and how'd you see it i know why they put this race last i mean uh, uh 
it's the toughest handicapping race that I've seen. I've gone through most of the Saturday card. I've gone through all the the uh, Breeders' Cup. I didn't go through the first three, but this one is incredibly tough. And the morning line favorite is three to one, Silver Knot for Charlie Appleby. And this horse, uh, obviously Charlie Appleby, when he brings horses over here in 2022, he's 50%. He's five for ten, and he did well at the Breeders' Cup here in 20. He's done well in New York, so he ships his horses, and they are absolutely live. And and William Buick is 80% in the U.S. I don't know if you noticed that little stat. That's a fairly impressive number. <laughs> Four for five, 80%. So uh, Charlie Appleby's horse is going to be favored here, but I think there's a lot of other horses that, if and they are moving up, obviously. They're, they're two-year-olds getting better in November. Packs the wallop for Mike Smith and Jeff Mullins. And it intrigues me. This is, you know, Mike Smith's only mount, I think. I'm, I'm Fairly sure. I know it's only mounted on Friday. Won the Zuma Beach at Santa Anita just for fun. And uh, I don't know what he beat there, but that's his third consecutive win. Uh, moved up from Maiden to grade three to Zuma Beach, which was a better, uh, I think, grade three than the Del Mar Juvenile Turf that, that he won in September. So Paxil Wallop intrigues me. Victoria Road for Aiden O'Brien. i got to throw in there just because it's Aiden O'Brien and Ryan Moore. Uh, I'm very busy for Chad Brown and Flavian Pratt coming off a, they caught a yielding turf in the Pilgrim Aqueduct and got beat by Major Dude, who I'm also using. But I think this horse might have a big shot. And the winner is for Rosario and Wayne Catalano. Wayne always sneaks in here. He, uh, he's he got a previous cup win the last couple of years, and that might be uh, this this horse's live, I think. And Major Dude is still one of the outside for Albert Ortiz coming off a win in the Pilgrim. I'm going to go really deep here. Oh, and Nagarok. 20 to 1 for Grand Motion. I don't think you're going to get 20 to 1, but this horse is 2 for 3. Beat Gaslight Dancer last time out in Futurity at, at Aqueduct. So, Nagarok is uh, 20 to 1. I'm going I'm to go really deep here. And I know we're ready for our pick four. I took uh, Silver Knot on top. Uh, the uh, group three that this horse won, the Autumn Stakes, uh, typically produces a lot of eventual group one types. Uh, the 102 time form, very impressive. Uh, if you adjust that to what a buyer figure would be, you're talking about probably the high 80s, and it's Appleby and Buick. So uh, I think that one's going to be tough. I took Victoria Red second. Uh, Aiden O'Brien historically has done very well in this race. Horses had steadily improving numbers over a stretch of three straight wins and ran a mile and an eighth last time. Cuts back to a mile here. And then, and the winner is, I uh, was very impressed with his win in the Bourbon, overcoming the 12 post. And I know the our, uh, our friends Scott and, and Gabby on uh, the uh, FanDuel TV coverage of the Keeneland meet were talking about how uh, Wayne Catalano was just over the top about this horse going into the race, and he knew what he was talking about. So I think that horse is going to be a serious player and has won twice on the Keeneland turf course, and that's always a, a good thing if a horse has good experience over this turf course. And with that in mind, I'll throw it one just a bomb to hit the board, not so much as a win ticket, but uh, Brendan Walsh got this horse reckoning force, ran him in the bourbon stakes for his first start out of the Walsh barn, and there was uh, it was a troubled trip. Still ended up, uh, I think, finishing fifth, and now makes his second start for Brendan Walsh and has the experience over the track and will be running late, and I just thought at a big price that one could uh, you know figure in some of your uh, uh, vertical bets in this race if you play those. But silver knot on top for me. So let's go to the pick four. Jim, tell me what your pick four ticket looks like. Starts in race seven. Went five deep in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies. Uh, the seven-horse chop-chop off that win in the house, or the, uh, near win the house of 
varieties is my top pick. I'm going to go three, five, seven, ten, fourteen. Then I'm going to single the ten horse meditate in the second leg of the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies Turf for Aiden O'Brien. So single the ten. I went three deep in the uh, juvenile with K Rock the big favorite, but I'm also going to use Forte and Blazing Seven. So three, four, six. And then going as deep as I can afford in the last, last race, 1, 2, 4, 6, 8, 9, 13. That is a $63 ticket. I ended up with an $84 ticket, uh, 7 and 8 in the first leg, taking all in the juvenile fillies. I didn't have a strong opinion there, so I just thought I'd take all and try to catch a price. Then uh, 3 and 5, uh, I think Cave Rock's going to be real hard to beat, so I'll give myself one shot with verifying. And then 1, 4, and 6. I kind of feel good about having the winner among those three if I can get to that last leg. So that would be an $84 ticket, 7, 8 with all, with 3, 5, with 1, 4, 6. Just uh, a great uh, handicapping day and another one coming on Saturday, and we'll be back with another edition of the In the Money podcast for KeelanSelect.com.